0: Chapter 12. Next stop, Mount Moriah. There are undoubtedly biblical scholars with robes and hats and letters after their names who could detail in much better ways than me the everlasting significance of Mount Moriah, where Abraham took Isaac to sacrifice him according to God's instruction, Genesis 22. However, I can tell you about my personal Mount Moriah experience, my own moment of tragedy and triumph. On Mount Moriah, Abraham went all in with God. He was ready to sacrifice his own son in obedience to God, whom he trusted and loved. God never tempts us to fall into sin, but the Bible says he does test our faith to rise to his calling Abraham was given an opportunity to face what could have been his worst fear, losing his son. It would have been Abraham's greatest tragedy to sacrifice Isaac with his own hands. Surely, to consider sacrificing his own son and losing someone he loved so much would make him turn from God and disobey him. However, God knew Abraham's heart and the great plans he had for Abraham. He knew that Abraham's faith would have to be refined and pure if he was going to persevere through the battles to come. God gave Abraham the gift of a tragedy to get to the moment of triumph. No one, not even Abraham's beloved son, would come between him and the father. After Abraham's obedience on the mountain, both he and God knew this to be true. Abraham was all in. My biggest heartbreak had just happened three years before this trip to Ethiopia, when my Aunt Carla Dilbeck passed away of cancer at 55 years old. We had lifted her up to God, and he took her home instead of making a way for us to keep her here. I was about to be faced with going through that kind of loss again. I would have to climb that mountain and trust him with the outcomes again. Would that fear or pain turn me from trusting God? I'm not Abraham, I don't have a beard, but the God of Abraham is my God. His mercy, His refining of my faith, and His grace is the same to me. It is the same for all of us, but sometimes we have to climb the mountain and exercise our faith and walk out our own obedience. As Jessica and I got up early to catch our flight to Ethiopia, everything went smoothly. I was kind of amazed by the peace that was in my heart as we prepared to board. After all, I had previously prayed very specifically that God would never ask me to go there. Africa signified complete lack of control to me. No one could get to me there. No one could help me. It was a complete world away from my grandma's front porch. And yet, I did have peace. I had no idea how life was about to change. I didn't know that in flying to Ethiopia, I was climbing Mount Moriah, but as I flew across the ocean toward the complete unknown, I enjoyed myself. In flight, July 5th, 2011. It's 4am Addis Ababa time. I'm looking out the window at the lights of the cities that dot the coast around the boot of Italy. I seriously just typed that. I've seen that boot on maps, and although my feet haven't touched the earth there, my eyes have seen the lights that outline the sole and tip of that fancy Italian boot. I've just asked for my third little can of ginger ale, and having turned my in-flight radio to the Andrea Bocelli station, I'm feeling inspired to write. I don't want to forget these moments. Jess and I are occupying row 39, seats K and L. I'm by the window. I love being by the window. That is a big deal for me. For those of you who know I've been known to lose heart a little prior to flying these past few years, my heart is full today. We are flying on Ethiopian Airlines. I have a pillow, a blanket, one of those silky little eye cover things that you see in movies, knee-high socks, and a little mini toothbrush and toothpaste. Let's just say my satisfaction is easily bought with little presents. Our flight is filled with Ethiopian people who are gracious and accommodating. We have been greeted with smiles and courtesy every minute of this journey. I find myself wanting to hug people. The man in front of me is reading a book on market research. One chapter was titled, What Test Markets Won't Tell You. I cannot imagine why anyone would want to read that book. I respect his choice and hope he gets what he wants to know from it. But I can't be more serious when I say I would never. I keep wondering, how did I get here? I'm really blessed that God continues to make the world a lot smaller for me. I love where I'm from. I appreciate where I've been. And I'm totally intrigued and surrendered to where I'm going. When I am so focused on trying to consider what I am getting out of life, I'm discontent, anxious, and frustrated. When I am focused on Christ's life in me and through me, I get to be part of some pretty amazing moments, like this one, as I find myself on a plane high above the earth, sipping ginger ale, looking at the lights of Italy, and now listening to the new Greg Almond CD, Low Country Blues. Good sound. P.S. I just got to fill baby walling kick. It better not be getting sassy. What a wonderful, fascinating world. I hope I get to see more of it. What an infinitely wonderful Savior who loves us more than we give him credit for and way more than we ever show one another. I pray I know him more every day. The stars look really close up here. And I just found Joshua Tree under the oldies section of the radio. Is that possible? Is this album oldies? It's not. I got this cassette for my 13th birthday, and that was just the other day. I was wearing a Debbie Gibson hat when I opened it. I'm hitting play, and I kind of hope we're not almost there. Gracefully Frank. I had no idea that as I woke up that morning to board the plane and lift off into the sky again, that my dad woke up unable to walk. For months, he had dealt with what we thought was a strained back, He had a hernia he needed surgery for, but was anemic, so surgery had been delayed. He had been having a bunch of seemingly unrelated, aggravating, and uncomfortable symptoms of something much larger. As I was in the air flying to Ethiopia, my mom was calling Johnny McLeod, our friend to his family, to come to the house, carry my dad down the stairs, and into the car to rush him to the emergency room in Oklahoma City, where my brother Chris waited for them. As I sipped ginger ale in an airplane over the Atlantic Ocean, high in the sky, the land below was quaking. A few hours after setting foot in Africa and getting settled into our Ethiopian home for the next week, we were able to get on Wi-Fi. I had a message from my sister-in-law, Lee. I don't remember exactly what it said, but it was something to the effect of, everything is okay but your dad was taken to the emergency room and is in the hospital. Call us when you are able. I read that sitting on a porch in Ethiopia. To say I had a full-blown come-apart is an understatement. I was in Ethiopia. How could God let my world fall apart when I was on the complete other side of it? Highly Contrasted Moments July 5, 2011 We arrived safely in Addis Ababa on time and with no sleep. It was 8 a.m. here, but our bodies were at midnight. The plane to Ethiopia was one of the big planes you would expect it takes to carry you to another continent. But the staircases they wheeled up to the doors for our dismount reminded me of those metal bleachers from high school. They herded us onto buses where we were packed in this close and began the journey to the terminal. I'd say it was about 30 yards, and certainly did not warrant the gas spent turning the ignition. An elderly lady in heels, who must have known how my breath smelled, looked at me and said, I would have walked that instead of cramming into this bus. Me too, elderly lady, whose breath I knew too well. Our three checked bags were, if not the last three bags in the baggage claim area, then definitely the second to last three bags. But we got them, intact and ready to roll. Our host picked us up and brought us to our guest house. He took us to get coffee. Really, really good coffee. There's an Australian couple staying here in the house, a young lady doing work with women and children here, and a couple who adopted two girls a year ago from Ethiopia and brought them back for a visit. She is from Chicago, a nurse practitioner, and works for Minute Clinic. Jessica is a nurse practitioner and works for Minute Clinic in Austin. Say it with me, small world. Our host upgraded Jess and I to the master suite with two beds, a sitting area, and a balcony. It is quite lovely. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, my dad was admitted to Mercy Hospital in Oklahoma City. I wish there was a way to type that sentence for full understanding, but it isn't possible. He has been in a lot of pain. But now that he is there, he is not in pain. That is good. They are running tests to determine the cause of the pain he has been having for the past several months that we have been thinking was a pulled ligament or infection. He has been to doctors consistently for several weeks, ruling things out. We are now working to rule out cancer. I type that word as I sit here in Addis Ababa, millions of miles away from him. I'm feeling a lot left out of the we not being with him, mom, Chris, and Lee and our family right now. But yesterday morning, as I was preparing for liftoff in Washington, D.C., I felt so at peace and overwhelmed by God's presence. I posted a Facebook status just to put it out there. Wherever you lead, whatever is clear, whatever is confusing, because of whom you are and the faith you've given me, all my love, all my life, Jesus. That was a whole continent before I knew Dad was in the hospital. But in his strength, it is still my status today. Please pray for Dad as we head into this confusing time this week. Pray for results that will lead us to treatment to heal his pain. Pray it is not cancer. Pray I don't lose my mind and hijack a plane to get home to him. After all that, our host took us to the orphanage, and we met the kids. Solomon, quiet and gentle, keeping an eye on everything while beaming a beautiful smile. Rahel, a little more shy. Her eyes smile first, but her mouth is not too far behind. She speaks less English than her brothers, so she lets them take the lead. Yosef likes to take the lead. He is a hugger. And he likes to give kisses and hold hands and he has a beautiful let me repeat beautiful singing voice i'll cry my eyes out and iasu the youngest has an imagination he wants to hold hands and he says i love you a lot me too iasu seeing jessica with her kids is one of life's joys i can hardly wait for the rest of her friends and family to see it too the kids were right next to her the whole time. She showed them videos of Ryan as they were laughing and saying, Papa. They are going to fit right in with Ryan. All four of these kids sang songs for us, showed us their rooms, held our hands, and showed us such love. I thought it would be the other way around. I will get down in the floor and ball. There is so much emotion going on up in here. I have a God who is sufficient. Who led me here and is allowing me to be part of this time in this place. It is confusing that all of this would have to happen in the same minutes of time, but I have a God who promises he never leaves me nor forsakes me. He never leaves dad nor forsakes him. He has never left Ryan and Jessica. He never left these children. He works all things for the good of those who he loves and are called according to his purposes. Romans eight twenty That is the peace in all circumstances. All my love, all my life, Jesus. Gracefully Frank. God did not make my dad sick for me to have this experience. We are all subject to the fallen state of this life. Cancer happens, and it happened to Him. For any of us affected by His cancer, God used this tragedy in our lives to deepen our faith and understanding as we turned to Him instead of away from Him. For me, being 11 million miles away when this initially happened, that distance is probably more emotionally accurate than geographical, gave me that moment on the mountain to decide if I would turn back or keep going forward. Would I trust God and stay where he so clearly called me to be? Or would I try to jump on the next plane and get home to where my heart was with my sick dad and my broken hearted mom? When I first found out he was in the oncology unit at the hospital not knowing any of the details, but knowing things looked bad. I wondered if dad would die before I got home. I had several hours to consider my next steps in my own understanding before I could get a clearer picture from my brother back home. When it's go time, I usually go. I get things done. I handle and help. This was go time for my dad and mom. If ever there were a moment when I needed to save someone, oh yeah, wait. I'm not the Savior. I'm not even a doctor. I'm to be who, what, and where the Savior leads me to be and to trust him with the ones I love the most. I was to be with Jess in Africa for the next week. There was no doubt that God led me to Africa because it certainly wasn't my idea. My heart is the Lord's, and whom have I in heaven or on earth but him? So I stayed. In my heart and mind, I gave my dad and the prospect of ever seeing him alive again to the Lord. God allowed the moment of tragedy to give me the moment of triumph. In Ethiopia, I walked up the mountain, laid my Isaac on the rock, And truly and forever went all in with God. What's your story? Have you had a moment with God when you were given the opportunity to trust Him, choose Him, and follow Him fully? What happened? Are you scared of having that moment because you're afraid of what it might cost or what you might have to go through? Have you talked with God about it or are you avoiding the conversation?